Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betch Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. We are back after two days without us. I hope it wasn't too painful, but we plan We plan to deliver. We plan to deliver. Mm-hmm. Quality We've over quantity. so many topics. So many topics. Somebody t- DM me and was like, I miss my daily sub. I know. We know. So to get us started today, I have a, a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Who is playing in the Super Bowl? Which two teams? Who would like to to take a stab at it first? Does anyone know confidently? I think I know at least one. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> of your husband. Yes. Yes. Um, and because I was invited to a Super Bowl party that is specifically geared around this team, but the Philadelphia Eagles will be playing in okay. the Super Bowl. And then can I take a guess of at course. who the other team is? The the Cincinnati Bengals? <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs? No, right? Uh, you I- have, between you both, you have the correct answer. So the okay, Bengals so were last us- year, I think. Oh, and, and I they think just it, lost. Wait, I think, okay, they just lost. Because yeah. that is the game that Danny was most recently watching. Was most recently animated by Bengals is Joe do? Burrow. That's how I, how did you know? Okay. Because me and my friend have a, uh, a a Twitter DM chat thing, and a lot of it is sending us sending each other pretty crazy dick pics. And there was this guy <laughs> who at the at the Philadelphia Eagles like celebration yeah. thing. Oh no! Took off his pants and his dick was out. <laughs> and my friend was like, "Uh, uh-uh, not dick out for the Eagles." So that's already right there. Absolutely. Hello, slum dog millionaire. Amanda's face is frozen. <laughs> it's frozen in like a complete shock. Or, oh no! <laughs> you're back. You're back. And then, okay. And then is it um Cincinnati? Is it the Kansas City Chiefs? Is one of them? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's totally so, it. I know that because I'm friends with Caleb Heron. He's a fucking social media superstar. Absolutely. And I'm not trying to brag, but I am an honest, close friends. And every time there's a game, he makes these delicious wings and he whatever. So he's been making a lot of wings every Sunday. So I'm like, <laughs> this team's going far. And that, my friend, is how I know. But like That is how you of, read between the lines. That's how I read between the lines. That is maybe this guy's dick. Hopefully that guy's a grower. And then the other one is uh, Caleb Heron's chicken wings. Yeah. Well, that that mm-hmm. gentleman will definitely, I'm sure, have his dick out again, either either outcome uh, next weekend. <laughs> but sort of, sort of related, you guys did better on that than I thought you would. Sort of related is that Tom Brady announced his second retirement yesterday. We're looking at a very earnest picture of him. It looks like an Instagram post by like a like a 25-year-old mom in Alabama. He's just really earnest and said, truly yeah. grateful on this day. Thank you. But all I can see is that my friends told me about, and their listeners, something called uncombable hair syndrome. Hmm. 
And apparently Tom Brady has it. And it's now all I can see. Like if you look at his hair, he can't get it to lie flat. It's never lied flat. Uncombable hair syndrome. You think there's a product or is it because of the helmet stuff? No, it's genetic. It's genetic. (laughs) Even if he were to put on a helmet, it would not, it would not tamp it down. But anyway, I'm sure this isn't why he's retiring, but after a so-so return following a a two month retirement um, earlier this year, last year, I don't know, the 45 year old said in a beachside video that he's now retiring for good. So where is he running next into the arms of the Murdochs? Tom Brady has a 10 year, $375 million contract with Fox to be its lead NFL analyst. I don't think he's ever been a sportscaster before. Don't come for me if he has. Like, I'm sure he's done some appearances, but I was, you know, I was reading reading the, the, the trades about the sports today, and there was just a lot about how, like, there's already a person, a man that has this job. And um, I don't know, that man's just getting a taste of what's the medicine that so many women have had before. We're just like, some, <laughs> some dude who has never done this before is just going to take your spot. Yeah, I'm kind of like, I mean, obviously, if you've been playing it for as long as he's been playing football, like you do have knowledge and you can probably do some analysis. But there's this whole other aspect of being a a television personality, being personable, having anecdotes, having quips relating to, you know, that it's going to be really interesting. It's just kind of how the same Mm. thing. I mean, I like to think that the three of us are great podcast hosts, but every time I'm, I go on fucking TikTok or I listen to a pod, not everybody can be a podcast yeah. host. You do need that charisma. And stuff, so it's going to be really interesting to see him step into this. And the memes that I've seen about this is are endless about <laughs> how he lost one ring in pursuit of another one. Uh, uh, yep. Because, you know, we talked about, we covered that. Stunning. Yeah. He stunning. Uh, <laughs> stunning, stunning, um, Prosecco. Um, <laughs> we talked about how his wife left him because he he insisted on retire. You know, yeah, and it and just, the crypto and the, and the he and did the, lose a million dollars in the FTX collapse, which I learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> at least. Me really laugh. But it seems like they're um, on good terms. I mean, she left a sweet message on his um his Instagram okay. post. Okay, Amanda, that's another meme that people are talking about because it was quote unquote sweet, but it was very HR. People are oh, like, yeah. it's HR level professionals are like, best of luck in your journey. And someone's like, you know, you know that like when a woman leaves you with the HR spike, like she's done. Absolutely. She's done, she's like done. her lawyer saw that for sure. Yeah, no, her, like, her PR people like briefed it. So it's like she is so done. She's doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu with these two brothers. Right? <laughs> Isn't she already like She's dating a jiu-jitsu. With her jiu-jitsu instructor? And she yeah. people famously bring up every time is that she famously at least right now is wealthier than him. Oh yeah. She's the biggest supermodel that's ever supermodeled. I propose like a marriage story the sequel with Tom and Giselle. I think that's the story we deserve. Oh, marriage story. Okay. With Laura Dern. I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before, but the one thing I always think about Tom Brady and Giselle is that one time I read an article about them that said when they want to have a treat, they eat a strawberry. (laughs) They eat what? A strawberry. A single strawberry. (laughs) And whenever (sighs) I read about them or hear about them or think anything about them, I'm like, these are two people who, when they want a treat, eat a strawberry. Just Ugh. one. Just a just single a, strawberry. Just one. That's like, yeah, you don't want to spike TikTok, your blood sugar. Talk about almond moms. Mm-hmm. Um, like moms who are like, eat a handful of almonds. 
That's this is a different level. That's a different tier. Like they would never. Almonds would be binging. Strawberry. Yeah. <laughs> A single strawberry. That's well, insane. Much a like Giselle. like, I'm eating healthy today if I have, like, <laughs> two cups of strawberry. Right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't even bother, like, storing strawberries anymore because they're gone in a day. Well, good for you because I do have a rotting uh, bag of cherries mm, that I have in my, in my fridge. That's tough. Um, somebody – I did a comedy show and somebody's like, said, like – has anyone had the adult happy meal? And I said, yes, like, I guess too loudly and too quickly. And everyone laughed and I wasn't even on stage. <laughs> uh, so that's where I'm at. Wait, does, does McDonald's yeah. have an adult happy meal? Oh, Amanda. What's an, remind me what this Amanda. is. Amanda. Yes, they had an adult happy meal. Mm. Um, let me get, I, I do have the toy. Um, <laughs> it's basically. Accessible within an arm's reach at this yeah, very I moment. Know, I know. Um, they had basically adult portions in a Happy Meal box, and then the toys were very trippy. It was a whole thing. Um, you know, people, people, the nostalgia market for mm-hmm. millennials and sad people will never go away. There, there was a whole thing. Yes, but no. I did McDonald's, have an adult yeah. Happy Meal. Did you know? I saw a TikTok the other day that McDonald's, if McDonald's is ever go, like McDonald's recently decided it wanted to shift from like, like, um, like grape to cherry tomatoes in its salads or something or or its burgers. And when it does that, it literally has to go to the UN because it's the biggest purchaser of produce in the mm-hmm. world. So that if it decides to get another t- type of tomato, it will decimate, like it will completely throw the 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 industry up in arms. That's that's for another show. Or I'm sure there's Good a documentary system. that Elise has seen uh, seen <laughs> yeah. and listened to a podcast about documentary depressing fast food. <laughs> Perfect system. Everything's fine. Well, That's fine. No, no, it's no, no. It's- <laughs> well, guys, I do say as a world traveler, my favorite thing is going to a McDonald's in another country because they have some good shit is mm-hmm. all I'll say with that. Yeah, they never miss. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying. He loves airplanes. He loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. All right, now on to our news segment, which is just like the other news segments, but you know, we're rebranding. We're going to have proper segments. And we're calling it You've Heard It Here Second. Now, this was an existing sub-slogan before I even got here in like 2019. So anyone who has claimed it since actually has no claim. They are colonizers. We said <laughs> You Heard It Here Second. It's also not even that original. 
it's it's fairly obvious, but Take that is back. yeah, yeah, that's what we're calling. We're reclaiming you heard here second. So, you know, we never claim to break news around here. It's my favorite thing to say when people will like DM me like as a journalist, shouldn't you be doing this? And it's like yeah, we take it seriously, but we're not going to break the news. We do, unfortunately, Sam, Sammy will be doing that for you every morning. Here, I feel like we've we're going to discuss it. I feel we like we have broken news. We broke that Kevin McCarthy lost. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I guess we we've, broke a few. That's things. when you heard it here first. Yes. Okay, but there's a few handful of times. But yes, I agree with you, Amanda. But it's also like. Yeah, we you've heard us react to breaking news that we've then gotten to you very quickly. But we, as as smart and wonderful as we are, all mm-hmm. are, we are not journalists reporting out news <laughs> ourselves, which yes. I think is what is required to break a story. We're not filing, filing from, no. we're not putting datelines on this podcast. We're so, reading and we're chatting. Precisely. Mm-hmm. So, While many of us brought in Black History Month by learning about titans in American history, applying for new lines of credit to get Beyonce tickets, and preparing for the Rihanna concert at the Super Bowl next weekend, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announced the next step in his fascist crusade of cultural erasure. DeSantis announced plans this week to block state colleges from having programs on DEI, CRT, and presumably also LGBTQ. That's so just to real- all the letters. <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. There's not a letter left, honestly. <laughs> it would be funny to put these into like a word search or something. Just like yeah, BHM. conservatives are coming for your acronym. H&M, mm-hmm. M&M. <laughs> H&M, they're going to ban H&M. <laughs> they're going to ban H&M. They ban M&M's. <laughs> they they're did doing- ban M&M's. They did- there's a, there's ban- not a safe word. They're going to ban AITAs because they are. <laughs> I mean, literally. Uh, so one particularly egregious thing he's done is hire conservative out-of-state board of trustees members for the state's public liberal arts college, the New School. Um, I th- oh no, it's called the New College. Have, did you do you know about this school, Millie? Do you know anyone that went there? No, I just heard about it the other it's day. Really it's really small. Sarasota. Yeah, only about crazy. seven. Why is it crazy? That's in Sarasota. Because uh, Sarasota is kind of like beachy country. Uh. And it's like the if, liberal arts college. Yeah, I know. And it's a liberal arts college. And I didn't even know that there was a public liberal arts college. Those are like two words that don't go to like a few words yes, that go together. Exactly. And Ron DeSantis um has has some thoughts. So only about seven hundred students attend this school and these poor mm-hmm. students. So basically he like invited all of these, he fired the board of trustees, or somebody did. And then he brought in out of state like conservative education activists, which is one of those phrases that is just like What does that even mean? Horrifying. Who aren't even from there. The first thing that they did is they fired the school's president. And then I think the second thing they did is motion to abolish DEI programs at the school. Oh, my God. It's just really, really sick. And Ron DeSantis, they did this yesterday, the first day of Black History Month. And along with this, Ron DeSantis made a statement demanding that all public universities share how much money that they spend on DEI. And he instructed the Republican state legislature to bring him a bill outlawing the initiatives. After she was fired, outgoing president, I think it's pronounced Patricia Oker, said, I'm going to say publicly, I do not believe that students are being indoctrinated at new college. Like, you know, this this is not happening here. She was replaced, happening here, she was replaced by Ron DeSantis' former education commissioner. This is the kind of stuff that evokes really dark histories, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yes. And I know it's, it's been happening, but- the fifth Harry Potter book, <laughs> just to say, like, this is what- Not for nothing. This, the, not Just- just to bring it back to an analogy we all understand, <laughs> this is literally the plot of the fifth Harry Potter book. <laughs> what do you think about the fact that he's now going, you know, the CRT is one thing because that actually was not being taught in schools. And that's something that most people agree is 
um, just like intellectually maybe just out of depth for high schoolers. So there's not really a, a moral conversation to have about it. But like, what is this? Like DEI can literally mean making sure that like a person with a disability feels welcome to work there. Like these are not radical programs. Yeah, no, it's diversity, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Like Fox and News probably has DEI. Everybody's everybody got DEI. Everybody has DEI because – because the system has thrived in excluding entire groups of people. So these are divisions in schools, in companies, in places to ensure that they're doing their best to make students feel included. It really is a make or break for so many students. It's a lot of DEI initiatives are like connected to having black student union. And again, these things would not be necessary if, if, the school already independently did these things to ensure and make sure that again, um, there are disability inclusions and also like that there's a space for people of color or queer people. You know what I mean? And like, this is just a blow of like, we constantly talk about how men, especially white men, white people did not think that, their power or their cultural cachet or any of that um, ha- will like they, they will lose some of it or lose some of its footing in their lifetime. And this is a reactionary gasp or a reactionary clasp to the power, you know, and like whiplash to like what's happening right now where it's like, oh, actually we're going to decenter these perspectives. And it's not even like, the majority of it is still sent, you know, you know, it's not like it's impossible or people are getting discriminated against because they're white, but it's just like a gr- groups of people are like now decentering them. And instead of finding new and different ways, it's like, how can we, again, conservatives, conservative, how can we conserve our power and also like squash anything that's moving in this direction that we're terrified of? Yeah, it's also really interesting to me because, like, with the CRT aspect of it, that is a college-level thing that is designed to be studied by college students. Conservatives are obsessed with this idea that um, college students are being indoctrinated and being told what to think and da-da-da, and it's like, you're the ones who are coming in and telling college students what they can and cannot study, what to think. Mm-hmm. At a co- if you're taking a course in CR- that uh, involves CRT, I don't even think it's like you would take a course in CRT. It's like that framework would be used in a course that you are choosing to take. If that's happening, that's because you elected to study these things. So it's basically like a conservative... Yeah, the conservative state government is coming in and saying, like, you can't even choose to study that. Yeah. Also, I read that he, Ron DeSantis was like, we don't want to have, you know, uh, ideological conformity. So that's why we have to get rid of these. But I believe in the same, like, statement, he also required courses on Western civilization. Well, exactly. And the thing is, I mean, this is, this is so interconnected with the fact that now college educated white people are the ones that are mostly like 
is a big part of the Democratic Party. And they think that people are getting indoctrinated in universities when really, when you learn the facts, university is a time for people, many people to get out of their hometowns, meet different people from different backgrounds, hear different perspectives, and just study and learn facts. And, and you know, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily indoctrination. It's like, oh, well, when I know more people, when I have more access to the world, I'm not going to be as close-minded or... Maybe, yeah, like maybe I won't think that immigrants are taking all of our jobs when I know the history of what the the United States did to Latin America. Or maybe I won't think that Muslim people, blah, 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 if I know a little bit about Muslim history. And instead of going with that modernizing, it's like, how can we, again, make sure that college-educated whites are still voting Republican and it's making Western civilization mandatory and blocking anything that would open someone's mind in college. Yeah, it's really sick. Yeah. And and like you said, it's not just prohibiting the students who are white or from a, a that background from learning about it, but like when you have predominantly white institutions without DEI, you are you are not getting diverse people. It's not mm-hmm. happening. Like you have to proactively do that. And mm-hmm. just that's that's clearly exactly what they want. Amelia, you talk a lot about how there are definitely groups that would be amenable to Ron DeSantis, but he keeps doing stuff like this. Do you think any of the crossover with this is like you you talk about mainly with regard to like Latinos in Florida, but do you mm-hmm. think there are also black voters here who, you know, this is the line for them? I do think that there are swaths of people who believe that any conversation about race is inherently racist and like focusing and talking uh, about yeah. it you know, is inherently like not progressive or like how can we move forward if we keep talking about the ills of our past? There are people who believe that. I find those people to be fucking idiots. (laughs) Yeah, like not quite. Yeah, yeah. Not like Kanye's the extreme. Yeah, but there are people who believe that of all races. And, you know, there are people who believe, again, of all races that like, the bootstraps theory and all that stuff, like for sure. When Rhonda Santos does stuff like this, those people will not be turned off, but he yeah. does close. There are people in the middle who like ignore or understand or have experienced a great disparity in their community versus white community. You know what I mean? Like, like it's undeniable. If you talk about what schools have resources, like it's just point fucking blank like the disparity. So it's hard for, it's hard for me to see somebody who's living those realities and then seeing someone as aggressive as Ron DeSantis, like accept that. Right. Yeah. Whereas somebody who's a little bit more veiled, like a Paul Ryan, Mitt Romney, all that. Like, again, when, when you do these, like you're closing off the in-betweener people, but there are always going to be multicultural people who think that any talk and all of that, you know, without understanding the context or whatever. So yeah, I do think that he's hurting the multicultural, but again, it's more to like get, it's more to get like college educated whites on board. And also like people who do have a fear of like the whole white replacement theory and all of that, which again, again, if you're scared of a future where, you know, America is becoming less and less Caucasian, whatever that means. Cause what does yeah. Caucasian even mean? Um, stop injecting horse paste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just don't understand. There are easier paths, Ron. Yeah. Let your people yeah. get the vaccine. Let, Let them wear masks. Get the vaccine. 
and get health care. And like, please, Ron, Ron, stop. Ron, stop. (laughs) Ron, stop. To add to the inauguration of Black History Month, the College Board, as anticipated, released a revised curriculum for its AP African American Studies courses. So this course was like in a pilot phase across the country, and Ron DeSantis in Florida specifically said, not here. And the changes removed any reference to Black Lives Matter, the origins of intersectionality, and Black contributions to queer theory. And there's there's a long list. The College Board rejects claims that they edited the course to appease DeSantis or other politicians. They say the changes were made weeks before Florida's objections Mm -hmm. and that the units were removed in order to produce the breadth of the course. I I read some interview where they were saying, you know, this happens a lot in the original pilot that it's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit elevated. It's a little bit too collegiate and we need to bring it sort of down to earth. But also, as we said earlier in the week, I think like these courses exist so that you can get um, college credits. So, I mean, I have to believe that they were influenced by, you know, the presidential front runner in 2024 saying, making a fuss. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of this is because Ron DeSantis wants to win the Republican primary and he's going to use Florida's schools and Florida's children to do it. And it's interesting because like they always whine about virtue signaling on the left. And it's like his entire all of this is for him to virtue signal to the right that he will enact all of these uh, policies that they, all of these socially conservative policies that they want and that he can like honestly deliver in a way that Trump couldn't because of his Trumpiness and his kind of ability to step on a Despite him and every, because of yeah. himself, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Ch- Trump got in his own, the way of his own like evil Thank intentions. God. I mean, literally, yes. Like it's, <laughs> he wasn't, pr- when they got Otherwise into we'd office, all be dust. I feel like I always forget this, but like when they got into office, he like didn't appoint half the jobs. He no. was like, like he didn't even, they, he had no fucking clue no. what he was doing. So Ron DeSantis is doing all this. He's messing with these courses. He's doing, he's targeting trans kids. All of this shit is just to show the Republican base. Look, I can give you all of this stuff and I can give it to you uh, with like thought behind it and actual execution. And like, I can actually provide this bullshit for you. Well, Mm -hmm. also, I mean, not anything that's going to actually help Floridians, right? Nothing about climate change, nothing about, again, I see a lot of, you know, I I was watching stuff um, and a lot of people move to Florida because of lower taxes and stuff, but what they end up paying in gas, in cars, in, in rent, is actually comparable Mm -hmm. to what somebody would pay in a major, you know, in a major city all over Florida. So again, this is virtual signaling, signaling, but nothing that's actually helping, helping or governing with Floridians. And with this kind of shit, it has me thinking in a way that I never thought, but I'm like, is Ron DeSantis to the right of Donald Trump? Cause I feel like not even Donald Trump was trying to get into like, what the fuck schools are teaching. And maybe because he's a national president or all this stuff, he did the Muslim ban and all that. But I'm just like, 
if Ron DeSantis had had the power, of course he's more effective because he's not getting in his own way and he's appointing other people. But I'm also like, this shit seems more. Well, Donald Trump than was just sort of Donald like, Trump. yeah, let's like he would just sort of say these broad statements that could that yeah. like that promote white supremacy. And what Ron DeSantis is able to do is he's able to sort of like he's able to execute uh, eliminating do, these things. I do think like. Ron DeSantis is an acolyte of Donald Trump who actually believes the ideology, Mm -hmm. which is why I think you see all of this stuff coming from him as Mm -hmm. far as like culture war, social conservative, like (laughs) new ideas for how to fuck with people are all coming from him. The thing about Trump is that Donald Trump ran for president because he wanted to be the president. He does not, he wanted to be the most famous guy. He wanted everyone to have to listen to him. He is obviously conservative and right wing because that's who embraced him. But he was always kind of just, apart from the wall, Mm -hmm. he wasn't really putting out new ideas. He was kind of seeing what the base wanted and then being like, okay, we'll do that. Yeah. Um, We'll do this. He wasn't like, uh, innovative he always went with exactly even with the central park five thing like he did that because that was a press moment for himself like so that's why i'm like i'm sorry the exonerated five the exonerated exonerated five but ron DeSantis again actually believes this shit and actually is doing is is poised to do more harm is actually doing like not that trump didn't do harm but i'm just like to me it just seems like ron DeSantis is even a more right-wing evil Trump. And he does it without the bluster and without the thing that does really bother a lot of like conservatives that do agree with their ideas is like they were just sick of Trump and they were sick of wondering like if this guy with the nuclear codes was going to blow up the world. Whereas like Mm -hmm. Ron DeSantis, you can kind of trust not to do that, but is also uh, a lot more, can also probably strategically actually execute on, on the thing that these people want, which is not to be replaced. I do feel like sometimes like the protege or the sidekick is like worse than the OG version because they like idolized that person. Mm -hmm. Like Ron DeSantis became governor of Florida. He ran a campaign about how much he fucking loved Trump. Mm -hmm. And so it's feel it's very like L. Ron Hubbard to David Miscavige, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) to me. Yeah. Where it's like, where's David? He's missing now too. Well, well, no one knows where his ass is at either. But anyway, it's very that to me. We're like L. Ron Hubbard created this evil mm-hmm. situation. Don't come for me. Don't sue me. <laughs> <laughs> Please, if any Scientologists listen to the podcast, just fat, just skip like thirty seconds. But L. Ron give Hubbard, her the role. <laughs> just let me. L. Ron Hubbard created the like evil empire, but then when David Miscavige took over, it was like even more horrible stuff yeah. started happening and he was like, took the ideology to another level. So that's kind of how I feel about DeSantis. DeSantis is like Trump. the Megan of, of yeah, the- Trump's <laughs> Megan. M3 again, you mean. M3 <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so we have another really creepy headline out of Florida. We will run through pretty quickly. So this week you probably saw a viral tweet about Florida requiring student athletes to submit menstrual data. Here is some background that I did have to subscribe to the Palm beach post to get. Now my inbox is full of newsletters from the Palm Beach Post, and I can't cancel it yet because it hasn't charged me yet. So 
I'm going to have lots of Palm Beach news for the next couple of weeks. But the background here is that student athletes have to fill out detailed registration forms to submit to their schools. If you're going to be a student athlete, you you, re- you fill out forms. One of those is a physical evaluation. So that evaluation can prompt doctors to ask about menstruation. Nobody is really against the idea that um, doctors should ask about that if if the, the student athlete menstruates, because especially for student athletes, you know, we all knew that girl in high school that ran track and got straight A's and probably wasn't getting her period. Like you really have to watch student athletes to make sure that they're safe and that they're not burning too many calories and that their bodies are still growing the way that they're supposed to. That is important stuff for a doctor to know if, if that's okay with the student and their family. So that itself, I again, can be important for people to know. But those questions were optional on Florida's state form. It wasn't like clearly optional, it was just sort of like females only. So other states use a national form. And that form does mandate the period questions. But but that form says, you don't have to turn this in. The doctor doesn't turn this in. There's just a sheet that the doctor signs and it says any serious limitations and that's what the school gets. The doctor keeps the rest. But Florida recently said, all right, we're going to use the national form now. But the thing about Florida is they say, we need all of the papers. Like we need everything turned over to the school district. That's what's sort of different here. What makes matters even worse is that Florida school districts, all the biggest ones, uh, store this information digitally. So coaches, school officials, if if students or their doctors did fill out that menstruation information, school officials and coaches have already had access to it. It's stuff like date of your last period, like um, you know how long is it usually? When did you first get it? Um, whereas again, in other states, they don't have to turn that over. And I'm not sure if it's stored digitally, but so after this happened, like after they found out that this information was stored digitally and these students optionally turning it over might not have a pride anymore. Parents were like, this is not okay. And that was obviously compounded by the fact that the Florida High School Athletic Association said, we're going to adopt this new form. And yes, you will have to fill it out in full and send it back to us. So basically there was an uproar and an outcry and they're like, okay, 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 we'll reconsider. And they did. And they said the same thing. They basically claim there's like, it's like, it's all old people. It's like nine men and three women. And they're basically saying we need, like high school trainers need this information in case of an emergency. And like I said, the form that doctors can hand over will list really serious limitations. Like a doctor wants the school to have that, but they don't really explain why they need menstrual data because not only could that you know, disqualify a trans student potentially from playing in a school district where they're not allowed to. But it's also just like, it's not necessary. I don't know why they, so it sort of seems like a confluence of Florida, a technicality of Florida being like, no, we need all of the information and them now adopting a system where that information is mandatory. So it seems very simple for them to have been like, oopsies, we'll, we'll just take that part off or, or we'll make sure doctors know not to submit, but submit that. But they doubled down, which is so creepy. It is, um, as someone who played uh, sports in Florida in high school, like literally they make you do the physical, like just so, you know, sometimes unfortunately in a track meet or in a swim meet, somebody gets like a heart attack, you know, like that's serious things can happen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Serious things can happen. So they want to, you know, have a doctor sign off and be like, this person can participate in these sports or maybe they can, maybe they can only do golf or whatever, you know? And, um, but I can't imagine, I literally got my physical from a chiropractor, you know, <laughs> like that's where I would get my physical. Cause he only did it for $30 yeah. or something. And I don't think I had good insurance when I was in high school. My parents owned a business. So t- the thought of like, 
me going to the chiropractor <laughs> and telling him when I got my period and him like fucking like keeping that like giving it to your gym teacher to store to on his computer for what like again this is such and even thinking about my niece who was like 14 15 and she does like gyro tc shit and it's like why do they need to know you know about her period like that's just so and again i mean we talk about like extreme athletes just don't get their periods and stuff but like also just sometimes your period's late yeah like it's just crazy you know it's sometimes it just doesn't come i just can't imagine what would happen what kind of on-field emergency could happen where your coach would need to know that information other than you being pregnant, which in Florida is your own fucking business. And that's also what people are raising here is that obviously people don't want their kids' menstrual data stored. (laughs) These teens don't want their menstrual data stored. But also there's a 15-week abortion ban. And the firm that's storing this information has said like, yeah, technically if we were subpoenaed, we would have to turn it over. So theoretically in the fucking Gilead that Florida wants to be, if they want to prosecute somebody for providing an abortion and they want to prove that that happened and they can get a a person's menstrual data to somehow prove that they were pregnant at a certain time, there's, there's really no reason that that couldn't happen. So that's definitely compounding this. This could resolve itself. Um, Like there's like a board of directors that's going to meet and consider this again at the end of the month. And like I said, like if it, they can come up with a slightly creative solution to just say, yeah, do the national forum, but just give us the first couple pages. Because I would really love for them to explain why they need to have that information about, you know, a, a, a lacrosse, like a 14-year-old lacrosse player on JV, you know? They don't. And th- it's so funny that they're, like, they're, these are the people who act like trans people and drag queens are creepy. And it's like, why are you, you're obsessed with, a, like, little girl's menstrual death that's very weird it's very very weird it's very weird as someone like you know i hosted the roast your teenage self podcast for a really Mm -hmm. long time and i talked to a lot of people who like didn't get their period for a really long time and it was a source of like massive shame and they like it for a lot of yeah like girls who don't get it when they are expecting to get it and stuff it's like there's a lot of emotional baggage that comes with that, even if it's just completely naturally, just because some girls yeah. don't get it till they're That's seventeen such a or good eighteen point. years yeah. old. We're thinking about it as thirty-something-year-old women who like our peers are just like, like whatever. I don't like whatever, but yeah, it's so much. It's even more loaded when you're that age. Like you're not used to it yet. It's still kind of you might feel weird or shameful about it, and then yeah, like literally any school official can sign on and find out the day you got your period. Yeah, and yeah. also just again having had my period for decades now it's like (laughs) it's like it doesn't come like clockwork like it literally even though my whole life I've had a regular period like some you know again after I got the vaccine or if I have a new stressful job or if I start a new like take plan b yeah take plan b which I've done a lot you know know what I mean so it's just like you, you don't even tell, need the unreliable yeah. information. Yeah, you can tell that the people who put this in place have not had their period in a long time. Oh, girl, you're right. Yeah, have had their period because they think it's like it's like fucking rent that comes every goddamn month on time, whenever. When let me tell you, Miss Flow comes 
whenever the fuck she wants. Unfortunately, yes. when she wants, not when you need her to, because you're scared because someone came a little bit too Just close. Just imagine the DA home. trying to like plot your period and find any consistency. And it's like, well, she went to Miami this weekend. <laughs> and so she probably took B and her ovulation started. So then she got pregnant here. This we really should be talking about this. But yeah, we'll, we'll keep eyes on that. Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same, with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Okay, now I'd like to introduce our new segment, Our Men Okay. Not me. Goat's milk latte drinking. M&M's will not be satisfied until every last cartoon character is unappealing. Avocado toast eating insiders only. It does not lend credibility to your argument. It makes you look mean. Every week, we'll be sharing at least one headline of men making questionable decisions or pursuing feckless pursuits to pause our mocking of them, which we do a lot, and simply ask, are men okay? So in our inaugural edition, I texted you about this earlier this week. Joe Rogan listeners are diving into the frigid, foul East River in pursuit of ancient mammoth tusks. So a podcast guest, this guy from Alaska who knows a lot about fossils and lives on fossil-rich land, like this guy is like, knows what he's doing, shared a theory for why he, some believe, I think it's just why he believes, there are 50 tons of valuable fossils at the bottom of the East River. Keyword, valuable fossils. Like there could be a little fossil fragment, but it's they're looking, he's talking about like tusks. The idea is that they were sent to the Natural History Museum in the 1940s, and they weren't up to snuff so that they were they were dumped. They got right. this idea from a passing right. reference and some other guys like notes in a book. That is really the only where they place they get it. But anyway, this guy told Joe Rogan there was a bone rush to be had. Also, this guy said he's he's had this information. He's had this manuscript where he got this note for like 17 years. I don't know why he's just bringing it up, or he himself has not has not <laughs> dug up these incredibly valuable wonders. Joe Rogan's podcast has 11 million listeners, and some of them heeded the call and flew from across the country to dive into the East River last month (laughs) searching for tusks. They're probably out there right now. The New York Times interviewed a lot of paleontologists who say this specifically just isn't plausible. If things were dumped, they would have been like dust or small fragments, like things that were not going to provide any value because things that just weren't museum ready are actually in a building in Manhattan somewhere, like a huge warehouse of just like subpar fossils. But these were literally like the dusty bits, you know, like at the bottom. So I think a lot of bros are doing this as a bit, like there were like some barstool people out there apparently, but still you're spending 
a lot of money. And I think some people are earnestly doing this. And I had one person DM me like, no, there are fossils there. But like I, I, like I said, like it seems – it's pretty cool that there are um, – I think it's kind of cool that there are dumped fossils in the East River, that there are little fragments. But there are not about 50 tons of mammoth tucks. So nonetheless, this dug, does beg the question, are men okay? <laughs> men will literally fly across the country and go into the East River to look for fossils, then go to therapy. <laughs> Honestly, Amanda, I do think that there are fossils there, but it's not of mammoths. It's of men who owe the mafia money. <laughs> oh my dumped. God. That's what they're going to find. These idiots. Find so many fucking. They're certainly going to find stuff. They're going to find <laughs> stuff. They're, um, Jesus Christ. Uh, as I was reading the article, I had to take a couple of breaks just because I felt so suffocated and overwhelmed by how disgusting the East River is because they quoted people saying, not only is it disgusting, but it's really dangerous because there is lots yes. of boats going through there. There's strong currents. Like I cannot overstate how how averse I am to that concept of the concept of diving to the bottom. Well, I have I, a friend who was doing a sketch video where he wanted to go into the East River as part of the video. And he asked a doctor straight up, like, how long can I go be in the East River? And the doctor said, no amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> Zero amount. There is no safe amount of time. As, yeah, literally, they were like, as a medical professional, I cannot tell you strongly enough not to go in the East River. And so I think he bought like a hazmat suit and did ultimately do it. But <laughs> against <laughs> medical advice. It was truly, he asked a doctor and the doctor was like zero seconds. Well, I will say guys that just two weeks ago, there were dolphins in the, in the Bronx river and that New York has been due to, thanks to a lot of environmental activists has been cleaning up the rivers. Yeah. They're as good as they've ever been. They're as good as they've ever been. Except when they, before we got here. Yeah, and in five years, in five years, there will be a beach. I literally read about this at, in Williamsburg to wade and swim in the East wow. River. So, okay, is it like whatever? But is it gross now? Yes. Um, <laughs> the East so, River specific. Like I also saw that they've seen like whales in the Hudson River. I oh, mean, yes. somebody correct I me if I'm wrong. When there was but a whale. I think there the East one is. Wildlife is coming back. So it's not like as discussed, it's as nice as it's ever been due to the EPA, which, you know, thank you, Trump. It's going <laughs> to fucking go away. But I will say still gross, still disgusting. And um, of course, bars still set people out. <laughs> it's just so funny that this is what they thought would make money on. And maybe they did make a video that's going to get that's going to make that's going to get a lot of views. But um, I don't know. Somebody somebody sent me a DM that made me laugh that said sometimes the trash takes itself out. Well, well, so are men okay? Never. No. No. Not this week. No. Not this week. Men are not okay. We'll check in again next week. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe maybe they'll surprise us and be okay next week. Oh, God. I really – I do want to state officially for the official record that I I sincerely hope that none of these gentlemen pass away or fall ill. No. That is not what we want. Again, we we, we wish I hope they find a big tusk. Honestly, I think prove this me wrong. I would love that. Prove me wrong, Barstool Joe Sports. Rogan has spread around. It's <laughs> oh like it's really one of the least damaging to the world. If, yeah, but New York though, tourism, maybe personally to the people who took it on, def- different. <laughs> I hope they find the tusks. Yeah, there, it's right off of um, 
where I live. Like it's in the part of the river where you were at that wedding, Millie. It's right there. Yeah. So uh, I'll I'll That's I'll, so I'll take it. I'll I'll scope it out and uh, and take some pictures. It's also like very cold. Right now. It's really cold. <laughs> so they really couldn't the stay in for very long. <laughs> well, they right? said that they had to get there fast. And then the New York Times asked the podcast guest, like, care to elaborate? And you said no. Yeah, because he's uh, he's going to get sued. Yeah, yeah. His ass is going to get sued. Great. Thanks, Spotify, for giving Joe Rogan hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, but still laying off like 6% of your staff. Still laying off everybody. Finally, finally, it is Thursday, so we're going to talk about what is getting us through the week. Elise, Elise, some people might have already encountered your uh, delightful, your delightful peace trinket of the week, but will you tell us what it is? I found. Yes. Yes. Can I just say it? Thank you. No credit to Millie. Millie, Millie. That is true. H.T. Millie, Millie sent, Tamaris. Thank you. Millie sent us a TikTok by this guy, Broadway Bob, that leaked George Santos's Smule account, which I didn't even know was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is a, a karaoke-based social media thing where you sing karaoke with other people. Mm-hmm. Fun. Listeners can hear Andrew DeVolder's George DeVolder. That's it's what it George said on DeVolder. The- DeVolder. On the thank you. I can never yes. remember that. Well, it's Anthony DeVolder, sometimes George Santos, sometimes George DeVolder. But it was George DeVolder on the small account. And here is his Disney karaoke. Okay, so Elise. So Millie sent this to us in the morning, I think. Very funny. Then, like three hours later, I saw that George Santos had stepped down from all of his committees, mm-hmm. which I think is I act I don't actually think that the two things are related, but I did make a TikTok trying to they were three hours apart. The the TikTok and the news that he was stepping down came out three hours apart. But yeah, so I guess what's getting me through the week is not just the clips of George Santos singing karaoke, which are very, very funny, um, but just the continued Santos story in general. I feel, you know, I feel that I've come I've come fully around on him. <laughs> I think he's 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 a Queer He's Latinx providing a service. Legislator mm-hmm. who yeah. is living La Vida Loca every day. Mm-hmm. He is giving he's not, out snacks. He, he's living his truth, even if it's not the truth. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm appreciate. I'm appreciative of all of this. I might be going to DC next week, and if I do, I will try to see if somebody can let me into the Capitol, and I will take a picture of whatever snack he is offering, or maybe, or maybe just linger. And we can post yes, some questions. He has been putting out like cupcakes. Yeah, or like Chick fil A. Yeah. Not Chick fil A. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Millie, what about you? What's getting you through? Again, I am almost done with all the Star Wars. What a journey. Um, it's been a journey. Uh, I'm on the Rise of Skywalker now. I was telling my therapist that I've been watching Star Wars, and she was like, you know, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> 
uh, you know, you've been really having a hard time with the chaos of the world. And um, it's probably really comforting for you to see the clear evil and clear good. Although, because that's what the, the basis of Star Wars is that there's a good guy and a bad guy. But recently, in the in the more newer stuff, it's a little bit more nuanced where the bad guys can have good in that, you know, and all of that. So uh, I'm almost done with Rise of Skywalker. And, um, you know, then I'll then I'll fall into some other hole and I'll let you know about that. Oh, I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait. Yeah, I think mine is um, I had like I was telling Elise that my vision just declines dramatically because I just don't take care of my eyes. I'm staring at screens all the time and um, I don't rest enough. And so I needed to get my prescription changed, but I waited way too long to get my prescription changed. And then after that, I had an issue getting my glasses. But like four months ago when I got the appointment, she was like, you're walking around at like 2040 at best. Like you're not seeing well. And I knew that. Like I was struggling with like life, like to like, I was like struggling to get around and like see menus. And so finally, finally I sorted it out and man, ever since I got these new glasses, I feel like I'm on Molly every day because I just can (laughs) see crisper than I have for three (laughs) months. So honestly, I think I'm going to do this every time. Just let it go a little too long so I can get the dopamine (laughs) of looking around and being like, the colors, I can see my neighbors, I can see everything, I can get get on the subway and see the street. So yeah, being able to see, which I understand is is quite a privilege, I will never, ever, ever wait that long. I was just like in a bad mood all the time because I couldn't fucking see. All three of us have on glasses right now, I should note to the listeners. Yeah, these bitches can't see. We look damn bespectacled. We look damn good. Yeah, absolutely. My first pair of glasses, like, I didn't know that I couldn't see. And then I got my first pair of glasses and I was just telling my dad, like, wow, Bobby, I can see the the stop sign across the street (laughs) and I can see that tree. And my dad, I think it broke him. He felt so bad that, like... Like, not that I was neglected, but that they didn't notice or pay attention that I needed glasses and stuff. Yeah. That's how I feel hearing you right now. I I mean, I think about it all the time, like people that don't have access. And I said to my doctor every time I go, I'm like, how many people ask you a day, like, what am I going to do in the zombie apocalypse if I lose my glasses? She says that people ask her that every single day. Like, is there anything I can do? Because like, she's like, she told me that I'm not ready for LASIK because my eyes keep getting worse. But she warned me that providers are really eager to give it to you. So she was like, don't, don't go get LASIK yet. You're not ready. Your eyes are declining too rapidly. You're not at your oh, set point shit. yet. <laughs> yeah. So oh, I need shit. to take some care of my eyes. But you know what? Seeing, seeing is, is great. If you just, if you have seen me out in the past eight months and I have not waved back to you, that is why I'm deeply sorry, but I will see you now. I will see you now and I will be thrilled. I will be oh rolling. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Warby Parker. <laughs> yeah, he's our Warby Parker. And I will shout out their customer service for helping me because I picked fully the wrong glasses for my eye type. And uh, that was the delay. It was fully fully my fault. But we're back now. And that is our show. Rate and review. Uh, help us get the word out about the new format. Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Chimeras. And this is the Betches Stuff Podcast. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duerman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at betches.com. Betches.